So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I just want to start off by saying thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Zach Saloom. Zach, you absolutely killed it on there, and we look forward to having you on again down the road. So now for episode 67 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? I hope everyone liked the last episode. I know I really had a blast recording it, and I've since, I mean, watched some of these shows that we you guys brought up to the table so maybe more on that later um and i'm super excited to be i mean i'm gonna let you introduce the subject eric but like i'm really stoked for this episode heat wave or not outside right now i don't care i'm just really happy to be doing this right now me too it feels like it's been forever since we recorded actually has been quite a while since we recorded so glad to be back recording with you Hopefully one of the last times that we're doing this virtually, we can get back in the studio in person soon enough. So for this episode, we'll be talking about video games, specifically really going over a bunch of video games that we grew up on leading up to basically our video game experiences in 2021. Just going to dive right into it, Matt. I'm going to ask you the first question. What is the first or what are the first video games that you remember playing as a kid growing up, Matt? All right. So starting at the beginning, it's the year 2000, I'm like nine years old. I've never like really played any video games up to that point. My parents weren't really like keen on me getting into them and they wanted me to spend my time outside. But that Christmas, my uncle bought me and my sister a Nintendo 64 and it came with like, and he got us two games. One was a formula racing game that like pretty much hardly ever touched. But the other game was the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And that is the very first video game I remember playing and like spending hours on. So my childhood was filled with like the, the Nintendo 64 primarily. And that's like all those classic games is what I've grew up with. And I'm just still super nostalgic about. And those are some of my favorite of all time. And then like ap- after Zelda, there's, I mean, the ones that everybody know, Mario 64, Mario Party, like, super underrated games those those first three ones they're amazing um mario kart i mean the one that started it all i mean i i'm not the biggest racing game person but mario kart i'll always play to this day it's one that i'll never get tired of as well as mario party throwing mario party there like i'll play that anytime it's a great game to play with friends i could talk all day about the nintendo 64 eric i mean did you experience you were you're a little younger than me so i don't know if gamecube was your first thing but uh, i'll let you talk about that now no so uh, well i actually remember you saying in our christmas episode that your uncle did give you the uh, n64 so just bringing it back to that episode episode 50 check it out if you haven't and uh, yeah so for me it actually wasn't the gamecube i was also an n64 guy that was the first console that we owned and i remember watching my dad play those arcade games that were like the four in one on that one cartridge for n64 like pac-man galaga dig dug (laughs) and there's another one that i'm the name's escaping me right now but yeah those and i actually played those games as well and i also watched my dad play mario 64 as well and now this i just might be completely misremembering but i kind of remember my dad being good at the game but maybe getting stuck at a certain point and then i was maybe the first one to actually complete the game but this (laughs) might just be me like reimagining the past who knows that what really happened but that's just how i'm remembering it but i remember playing that game a lot like mario 64 i put a lot of man hours in back in the day 
that was the main game that I played mm-hmm. on N64. Like all the good ones, the ones that you listed there, like Mario Party, Mario Kart, and one that you omitted, I think, is um, Super Smash Bros. Oh, the OG yeah. one. Like that is one of my favorite N64 games, if not my favorite, honestly. But I yeah. never owned it. So I remember going to our cousin Dylan and Sarah's house back in the day, and they had those games. So that's where I got to play the Super Smash Bros., the Mario Kart, Mario Party. Might be forgetting some others there, but like those are the big mm-hmm. N64 games for me anyways. And uh, good times. I like that you brought up going over to Cousins to play because I think I went over to your house to figure out Mario 64 because we didn't have internet back then to find out how to collect all the stars, right? I had to use like, we had to use our the Nintendo Power magazines and just you <laughs> figuring stuff out. And I remember, Eric, you were quite knowledgeable on Mario 64 and getting like the tricky stars. And I, I, I still to this day remember like playing that with you and it was great times i mean the best times yeah i still remember that eric it's like it's just like yesterday going in your basement and like oh this you have to do this to get that star and oh those are the best right man i I actually have some for gamecube that i was gonna bring up when we get there for games that we played together and like Mm -hmm. that we tried to figure stuff out together because it's true like the internet just came around when maybe we're on like the tail end of playing the gamecube games i think is when the internet really started to startup mm-hmm. when we could get answers online otherwise you have to drop like 40 bomb on that <laughs> nintendo power there a magazine and uh yeah good times i remember going to those stores too and like if right. they weren't wrapped in plastic you try to sneak in as many pages as you could <laughs> to just soak up knowledge and then pawn it off as your own when people came over to play video games at your house so you know that's gotta do what you gotta do another game actually n64 i just want to show some love to unreal franchise that i love paper mario very Mm. underrated franchise but i loved that game on n64 also never owned that one so i don't know where i played these games it was all like cousins or friends houses but i never really owned any of these mario n64 games or we'd rent them i think i remember paper mario i just like what i remember the most is i think you were like way better than i was and i was like you were teaching you've taught you taught me a lot about like these older games because i would go to your house and i was like oh okay these guys know what they're doing like you and dylan more specifically and paper mario was definitely a game changer like because it was like the turn-based style of like it's not all like uh, real time Mm -hmm. but yeah like nintendo i could rattle off a million games but like the ones i played that mario party i spent countless sleepovers playing mario party especially the second one mario party 2 we'd stay up all night me and my friends just playing that we would never get bored because it's you're not playing with computers you're playing with just like four friends donkey kong 64 is another game i played a lot even though it's it hasn't aged very well that game (laughs) it was fun at the time a lot of these games actually like i i pop them like i still have my n64 actually and i still play it oh um yeah i actually like brought it over to my girlfriend's house and we were all playing that i was showing the younger generation showing them the old school games and you know what some of these graphics ugh, rough uh but mario kart still aged well that one you can still play and it's fun but then after n64 i mean me and you and i the logical next step was the infamous gamecube mm-hmm. which i still have and still can like play um gamecube i think was a game changer in terms of like the games looks a million times better i remember mario sunshine i mean how many hours did we play that one especially i mean Again, going to your house to like find out what to do because you were like the king at that game. Man. 
And then I think I, I think you're gonna probably bring up this game, but Luigi's Mansion. Oh yeah, I had that. <laughs> I'll let you talk up. on you already that. Know. Yeah. <laughs> that was a crazy game. That that was that time, Eric, where I like I've mentioned this before, but I would babysit babysit you and Zach after tennis camp, and like half the time was spent playing those games. And like, imagine folks like listeners like. I'm getting paid to babysit and like I'm just playing video games with my cousin. It was like the best of times. <laughs> Can't beat that. Yeah. GameCube, there's so much to say on it. And um, I'll just say right now, I think the GameCube is my favorite console of all time. Just because of the quality of games. They're, like you said, they took a step forward in the things you could do in there, but they didn't overextend their, probably because they literally couldn't do any more. But I think they, the furthest they could go was like the prime spot to stop exploring what's possible in video games. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they tried to push it as far as they could and that was it, but they didn't even need to go any further because they reached perfection, I think. Back then, and still now, those are still my favorite games to play. Andy and I play on the GameCube quite a few games still. And you mentioned two games that are mostly single player. So Luigi's Mansion and Super Mario Sunshine. Those two, I remember, well, first Super Mario Sunshine, I remember stumped me for a long time. And there's this one level where, I don't know if you remember this one, but it's you, you have to enter a mansion and there's basically sludge all in front of the mansion. Like, and you have to fly over the sludge to get into the mansion, but you can only fly so far and there's quite a bit of distance to cover. Eventually you fall, you drop into the sludge and it kills you. So it took me the longest time to figure out how to get rid of the sludge. And you had to like spin on yourself 360 like a, I don't know, a Beyblade or something and just <laughs> spray the water everywhere to clear a path for it. And I remember when I figured this out, I lost my mind. And from there on out, it was smooth sailing. So that's my little humble brag moment. And I actually got to do this at, I remember Julia and Emma's house, our other cousins, they were stuck on this level and I was able to come in as the older cousin, just show them how it's done. That was a good moment. But <laughs> Luigi's Mansion also, this is really just you and I, Matt, that helped me remember this out. We were really stuck on this game on how to fig, like figuring out how to suck the ghosts up into the vacuum or the poltergeists. But then once we figured it out, we were just cruising and we beat the game together. I remember like you... You always waited for me to play the game. Like, you know, it was like yeah. a comfort thing. Like, because uh, it, it is a pretty spooky game for like for younger true, people. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. a great game. Like, it's still, I think it's a really sought after game now too. Like, if like selling wise, like, no, I just remember like I'd come over and it's like, okay, we're, we're playing Luigi's Mansion. Like, you have to help me. Like, I don't know. It was a scary game. And I think I remember you, Eric, like you didn't want to play by yourself. Am I right? That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't want to throw you under the bus there, but ah, yeah. it's all good. Yeah, it's the okay. people know. You were talking about Super Smash earlier for uh, the N64. Super Smash Brothers Melee for Melee for the GameCube. That that is my favorite game. Like I've played so many countless hours playing this game. Even going so far as to like going to a tournament at Micro Play on Saint Joseph near oh. the old theater near where the Cinestars is and yeah, there used yeah. to be a mark micro play there and there was like a tournament and I went there to watch and my my neighbor Eric actually competed with uh, somebody else and they came in second I think like it was like a, a single elimination like do or die quick thing afternoon thing and it was intense Eric and it's a very competitive game and it's so fun and yeah is it repetitive for sure but you're playing with friends and it's every battle's different I like that's where I, 
to me it peaked for Super Smash. I've never played any of the other ones where there's like a, a gazillion characters. Like the GameCube one is the one that like I still can remember every character's moves and button. Like I know that game's ingrained in my mind and it'll never leave me. I just remember like unlocking the characters, like getting Mewtwo and Mr. Game and Watch. It's like, again, the internet really helped with that, but I don't even think I had, like I had that like word of mouth, like how do you get this character? And then like you, you just do it. And I remember one of the things to unlock Mewtwo was like, you could leave your GameCube on for 24 hours and then Which come back. Nice. Yeah, and, and that was a way of unlocking it. So I, just stupid stuff like that that I remember that I look back very fondly. Another, I, also the, the Mario Party games for the GameCube, I think were great. I mean, some people would disagree, but I mean, I had no issue with them. The other big GameCube games that I like, I don't know if you've ever played them. There was a lot of good Lord of the, Ring, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars games for the GameCube that I played like a ton during sleepovers with friends. Anyone that's co-op and you can like do the mission together fun stuff yeah that's about it for the gamecube like those are my basically all the mario games and star wars and lord of the rings games so i never played the star wars and lord of the rings games but i definitely want to speak on melee and mario party because melee as well like when we're gonna if we do like a top five video game list at the end of the episode which is extremely hard melee is on there for me mm. it's my favorite super smash bros game Andy and I play that one and like a few other games like Mario Party on the GameCube and Mario Kart Double Dash I'll get into oh. after as well. But um, Melee, I think again, falls into the con idea that I was saying earlier that it's simple. There are no, like not too many characters, not too many maps. No one's really overpowered. Obviously yeah. some characters are stronger than others, but that's just how it is in life as well. Like but Roy. Melee is just a simple game. Like muscle memory, you can go years without playing. You pick up that GameCube perfectly molded controller and you just it just comes back to you. Yep. Love that game. And what's great about Melee and Mario Party 6 now that I'm gonna focus on is that it's like perfect games to play with people, with friends. Like you were talking about earlier for Mario Party, I got a sleepover with friends. You could play all night, never gets old. I could play the same mini game a hundred times, maybe not in a row, but still, and I still love it every time because you're like the competitive juices come out in those multiplayer games. So much fun. And then Mario Kart Double Dash as well. I think takes the um, ideas introduced in Mario Kart 64 further like all the games for GameCube did. And again, they didn't push it too far. Just enough characters, just enough items and maps and specialty items, which I love that they introduced in that game. We never get tired of playing those games. Mario Party 6, Double Dash, Melee. Probably my three favorite GameCube games. Other one I'm going to throw in there as well, following my N64 trend, Paper Mario. Mm. The Thousand Year Door. One of my favorite single-player games of all time. Love that game. I love what you said, Eric, about like the simplicity of like those double, like Mario Kart Double Dash, and like I find with the Wii, like I I, I recently played the new Mario Kart or the latest one for the like the um, the Wii. The sorry, not the Wii, the Switch. Jeez, I was like, what is it called? The Switch. I'm jumping to the Switch now, and there were so many characters, cars, and items, and I was I was kind of like overwhelmed. I was like, what are all these things? I remember when there was only like six items or eight items, and that's all you needed. You know, the thunder, the star. Those are the only overpowered items. Now there's like a million of them <laughs> when you're in last. Um, but that that was my biggest takeaway was like, now I know why I've never gotten a Switch or a Wii. Yeah, like I'll just say, I'll just come out right now and say it, folks. Like I've only ever owned an N64 and a GameCube. 
Respect. Uh, my video game career after that veered straight to the computer, and we'll, I'll get on um, more on that later. But I have never in my life owned a PlayStation or an Xbox, which is probably why the conversation has been sticking with like Nintendo for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious, Eric, like, what was the next step for you after the GameCube? So, as you all know, like, I still have other GameCube games. Okay, so it's okay. rattle them off. Rattle them off. Okay, so I, just a couple more GameCube games that I want to just show some love to. Um, the, this is the first Zelda game I ever owned, which was Zelda Wind Waker or Legend of yeah. Wind Waker. Did we play this together, yeah, Matt? Is that did. another game that you helped me out with? Okay, that's yeah. what I thought as well. That, again, also took me the longest time to get into. But then when we got the hang of it, I remember I was actually staying at another cousin's house. I forget if you actually had to come over to help me. Do you remember this or am I, again, misimagining this? I remember you playing that game at my house, actually. Okay. Which maybe when I don't, I have no idea the circumstance, but I do remember like reading online to help you because it was a difficult game with the cartography and like the map of the ocean yeah. and finding all the islands. Yeah, that was tough, Eric. Tough. Free game. world, you have to navigate on this little like, <laughs> I don't even like eight by Still four uh, boat <laughs> and you have to find your way. Like you're literally going one corner from the, the ocean to the other, trying right. to find small islands, but a lot of fun. And I feel like that's a game that doesn't really get brought up a lot, but ton of fun playing that then another game that i'm going to show some love to this franchise as we talk about other platforms which is fire emblem path of Mm. radiance so this is kind of a really different style of game than the ones i've talked we've talked about earlier this is really a strategy game a turn-based strategy game kind of set in like a medieval fantasy world in which you have your units on um i guess like a chessboard style map where you move them a few squares at a time trying to eliminate all the enemies on the map and then there's a story with it as well absolutely love those games path of radiance i never owned it but it's a great game i played it once rented it and had a lot of fun with that but that'll lead to other games that we'll talk about later also had super mario strikers so the soccer game that um was really good on gamecube but i think this is one of the few ones that the Wii actually expanded on for the better by introducing a lot of different capabilities in there. So that's it. And, and of course, like the NHL games I played on the mm. GameCube. That was my first introduction to like those hockey games. NHL um, GameCube. Vincent Le Cavalier on the cover. So the next step after the GameCube, as you all know, my Christmas Wii story. Mm. And um, that was the next console that we got. So we got Wii Sports and... Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, which was an unreal game because you actually got to use the Wii controller and the nunchuck as your sword and shield, bow and arrow. It was really interactive what you could do with the controllers. Had a ton of fun playing that. Again, free world environment. You could roam around anywhere. No need to worry about being on no boat. Walk around, get on your horse and just fly. And it was much more straightforward where you needed to go. Then... The next Fire Emblem game, Radiant Dawn, which is a continuation of the Path of Radiance game I talked about, which is much better than the GameCube one. So again, I guess that's another uh, improvement on GameCube. And then the last one, Super Smash Bros. Brawl, which I think was good. I enjoyed it a lot at the time, but now looking back, Melee is a superior game in its simplicity and no weak links. So that's the love I'll show to the Wii for now. Matt, you, I know you never owned a Wii there, but what are your experiences playing with it? Well, thanks to you, Eric, I experienced Wii Sports. Like mm-hmm. The most times I've ever played with the Nintendo Wii was at your house. And I distinctly remember the, like, the golf, the, the tennis, 
boxing i don't know if i did that one as much but uh on like what's sad folks is the 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 game that i've played the most on the wii is wii sports which is kind of like funny because like that's the first thing that came out like i really have limited wii experience and every time my friends would want to play it at like a social gathering i'd be like can you like plug in a gamecube remote for me like i can't i cannot use the i don't like the wii remote i'll just go out and say it i can't i'm not it's not comfortable for me because i've never i haven't practiced enough basically even to this day with the nintendo switch i'm like i don't want this little four inch thing in my like i don't want this little remote i want like plug in a gamecube remote for me or something uh <laughs> which works out really well actually it gives me an advantage but yeah very limited wii experience at that time in my life i was really into computer games like obsessively like when we do our top five you'll i'm gonna be talking about a couple computer games and I got hooked like hook line and sinker deep into PC gaming, which is why I don't I've only ever owned two consoles. So yeah. So very limited Wii experiences for me. So like man, Wii Sports though, absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I feel like we played that game so much as a family too. Like that's something like my mom and my dad could play as well. Like without you didn't have to know much technical gaming knowledge really to play these games like you just had to hold it a certain way and then react to what's happening on the screen it was so much fun like playing tennis now you're just saying boxing i feel like we played boxing too even though we weren't really boxing people still aren't but it was just so much fun to go toe-to-toe with another me and then just ko them so no it was good times man i had a lot of fun with the wii back in the day like it I just think looking back at it now, the GameCube games are the one that stick with me more and that I prefer to play, but I had an absolute blast playing these um, these Wii games. And there's also Mario Kart where we had the the remote in like the wheel that you could just put like the little stick into the wheel and then steer. That was a lot of fun too. But it's interesting that you mentioned that the Wii remote, that you're not a fan of it because it's true. If you have to use it as like a handheld rather than as a virtual um, reality object like that you're using as a weapon or something, it's not the most um, user-friendly in that it's not comfortable to hold, really. Whereas the GameCube controller, is, it just works. I don't know how to describe it. Like you, It's a cl- traditional tr- uh, controller, and um, I agree. It is, it's one of my favorite controllers out there. Shocker. Big GameCube me, guy. Yeah. Me and my friends would play Super Smash Brawl, and I'm getting my ass handed to me, and I'm like, this isn't <laughs> fair. Like if, if I had a GameCube remote, it'd be die- you guys would be finished right now. But like... Yeah. And all the different characters and items and, uh, yeah, Eric, I wasn't a fan of that one. But maybe because I didn't play it as much. Maybe I'm just being, like, super subjective here. But, I mean, that's what we do, right? Uh, One other um, phase, I guess, that we maybe have skimmed over. And I wonder if you're maybe not factoring these into consoles own because these would be handheld. Mm. Did you ever own, like, a Game Boy or any of those? Because those would fall under the time period that we already moved past. Right. I'm glad you touched that, Eric, because we cannot gloss over. I mean, I had a Game Boy Color and a Game Boy Advance SP, and I was huge into, like, the Pokemon games. Yep. Uh, the Like, all the way up to Emerald. That's the last one I played, which is, like, Gen 3, I think, or Gen yep. 4. Gen 3. Gen 3. And I was huge into the Donkey Kong Country game and Super Mario Brothers 3 specifically. So those three, like, Pokemon, Donkey Kong, and Mario huge fan on the game boy like any any road trip we did with my family like any family vacation i'd be playing game boy the whole time in the car and like good times right and i remember like having to bring a ton of batteries for my game boy color and then like getting it at the new game boy it's like oh i don't have to put batteries in this thing anymore but then i'm like oh now i have to charge in there's no plugs in the car so i don't know like little logistic things like that were fun to deal with or a pain to deal with 
Um, but yeah, those are the top three for me, Eric. Like, especially Pokemon. Like, that game you can play continuously and just grind and do whatever you want. I mean, I know you were a big fan. Well, everything you just said there was the most most relatable thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> all, all the way down to the batteries and then finding out you didn't need to charge your Game Boy anymore. So, yeah, me throwing it back. So, you, you talk, it's funny that you say that Pokemon's a game you can play continuously. Because my first game I got on Game Boy Color was Pokemon Yellow. And I had to, it was kind of like I was living in like Groundhog Day, if you will, because it took me the longest time to figure out that to make any progress in the game, you had to save. And I was for some reason unable to save my game. I swear to God, man, I got as far as, I got as far as beating the second gym. So Misty. So that's a lot of work. Like you're, you're leveling up your pokemon you're catching pokemon your your pikachu's buzzing and i'm like man like when am i actually gonna get past this second gym and be able to make linear progress here i don't know how it happened that i just figured out that i need to actually save to keep going which like makes me sound so dumb but i was a little kid okay so yeah man oh and yeah so that's my first, I think, Pokemon Yellow was the first game I had. And then when I figured out how to save, it was game over. I just ran that game and uh, great times. Also, the Mario game. I forget which one it's called now, Like, but it was the 2D adventure game. that, like, Kind of like similar to Super Mario 3. Did you say Super Mario World 3 or Brothers 3? It's Brothers 3, that one I played. But I think Super Mario World, that was... I mean, there was that on the Super Nintendo Mm-hmm, and then yeah, there's probably true. a game boy version too i forget what it was called but i loved that game again yeah. super simple you just jump on goombas <laughs> paratroopas and <laughs> koopa troopas and then try to like jump over bowser and get peach eight times so yeah i loved those games pokemon yellow is my go-to on the game boy color then on game boy advance well, I never had an Advance, actually. So I got a Game Boy Advance SP next. Nice. And I remember I actually got this as a gift in a nicely wrapped gift basket from my mom. She had the Game Boy Advance SP, Pokemon Ruby, and the walkthrough for Ruby. So just as a nice little resource for me if I get stumped. You know, if I forget how to save, just refer to that and it tells me what to do. So that was an... I remember freaking out at that and that was an unreal gift that I got. And I love that game as well, Pokemon Ruby. So that was in the same generation as Emerald. That yeah. you And actually, sorry. So before that, I also got Pokemon Crystal. Great game as well. Can't yeah. brush over that. I agree. So yeah. those are my first three Pokemon games in those two uh, handheld systems. And Eric, do you remember it? Getting that Game Boy SP, there was a tiny button in the top, in the top middle... It was the freaking light and the screen would light up, which True. the last two editions did not do. That's the biggest change Nintendo did with their Game Boy was having a screen that can light up and you could play anywhere and you don't have to deal with glare or bending the game. Like, you know, Game Boy Color was excruciating to play outside <laughs> yeah. or in a in a horrible environment. You couldn't see anything. <laughs> Game Boy SP changed everything. You're like, oh, I can see everything. I remember. Man, now that you yeah. say that, I remember we had like the extension that was like a clamp and a little light that would come over. So oh, man. Yo, gotta do what you gotta do to, to play through. Oh, man. Good times. Like playing at night, right? Like before going to bed and stuff and yeah. uh, in the car on a roadie on the way back home. 
And we actually had the rechargeable batteries. So that was a game changer for us. So you oh, had like, wow. they're blue, I'm pretty sure. Just slap them in the case. And there you could, you could have like four in there at the same time. And then you had your other two. So you just swap them out as they died. And always had the pack on you and you were good to go. Those are the first. I guess, did you ever have a Game Boy? Or it, wasn't, or it was just a Nintendo DS. Did you ever Man, have that? Never. No. Never. I still have my Game Boy SP. It still works. The battery doesn't hold a good charge, but I've never gone past the Game Boy SP or the GameCube. Like, that's where I stopped. Uh, okay. A purist. Yeah. Pretty much, right? I'm like uh, one of those, like, hipster, like, oh, no, I only like the old <laughs> stuff. <laughs> like, again, like, computer games dominated my, for better and worse, actually, because computer games can get so addicting. Like, you don't know, like, I've had weekends where they've disappeared like eight hours just goes by in the blink of an eye because i don't know maybe it's the detail in computer games that like computer games will always have more detail and more like the graphics are amazing well at the time and there's a lot of like and you can go online and play with uh, friends and i think that's what like really deterred me from playing console gaming it was like all on the computer these, there's so much, so much like variety and different types of games. But just quickly, Eric, PlayStation, Xbox. I know, I know you've played it, right? Like, did you ever own a PlayStation or Xbox? Like any of the, the generations? Yeah. So that was actually after the Wii, the Xbox 360 was actually the next console that I got, and okay. that's actually the first one that I bought myself. And I remember oh. specifically, it was after my last exam in grade nine, English, actually. Shout out, Madame Garib. I left school, got on my bike, went to Best Buy or Future Shop. I think Future Shop. I was a Future Shop guy for sure. And then, yeah, I got the Xbox, and I was so fired up. And the first game I got was Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. And it's funny that you've mentioned computer games quite a bit now. So I'll pass it back to you to speak on these computer games because I feel like in this timeline now this is where you started getting into the computer games and i actually did as well before the xbox so back to you for sure like high school was my computer game like mecca not mecca but like heyday like my prime for computer games which it's kind of i don't look back like super fondly like i'm like oh i could have spent my time so much better you know like interacting and talking to people but uh no my biggest uh, so computer games for me it was all about blizzard entertainment games blizzard's a company like they're most famous for world of warcraft but i've never once played that game i'm more of a real-time strategy gaming person so games like warcraft 3 and starcraft were my go-to basically build a base harvest resources build an army build like buildings to build your soldiers and then like invade the other person and there's also a campaign those games i've like to this day i can i know everything about those games everything and I've played countless hours like battling against my friends at, in StarCraft or WarCraft or just doing Battle.net, which is bat, uh, fighting against people online. And these are just like, like a game can last from anywhere from 5 minutes to 20 minutes and then you just do the next one. And they're very quick and there's a ranking system where it like, shows you how good you are and where you rank in the world or in the, that area. Warcraft is more like a medieval like swords and shields and Starcraft is futuristic with like tanks and alien races and um, fun fact I want to just talk about Starcraft a little bit that game was on the N64 super horrible version of it because a computer game on a Nintendo 
would never should never be able to work but it did and i would play that with my friend all the time and then when i got it up for a computer i'm like oh the game this is actually how you play the game with a keyboard and hotkeys and maneuvering super fast in korea this game has been competitively played since like 99 i'm not even joking and wow. it's still playing to this day you can go on youtube and watch the competitions they update it like every month or so for free so it actually plays on tv in korea um and once in a like in high school i was really following the competitive scene of this game starcraft watching youtube all the time like watching pro gamers play this game at the highest level possible because it's one of the hardest games ever made it's like to be good at this game, you have to put in so many hours. So StarCraft, that's why it holds a special place in my heart because I follow it competitively. I've played it so many times. Even now, I'll still get the itch to go on YouTube once in a while and just watch one game quickly. Now, I want to talk about this other Blizzard game that I've probably... This is the game I've probably played the most in my life. No joke. It's a role-playing game called Diablo 2. I don't know if you've heard of this game, Eric. I've heard of it for yeah. sure. I have no idea what it looks like or how oh. you play. Like... So you're basically, you have, you create an avatar, a character, and there's like eight classes, like sorceress, barbarian, paladin, druid, whatever. You collect items, you roam the worlds. There's like six worlds and three different difficulties. But the biggest thing Diablo 2 did was create a battle net world where you can play with random people or by yourself if you choose to. But they've they created a lot of interactions like adding friends, trading items between other people, creating kind of like a marketplace in that aspect. And then you just fight like you clear dungeons and, uh, and kill bosses and like minions. And you have like you build up your skill tree and you level up all the way to 99, which was impossible. I never even got to 99. It would take like... Oh, like 10 years like the grinding the experience points is unreal but diablo 2 that game i would i spent i mean i say spent i wasted so many hours playing this game doing the same thing over and over again just oh it's crazy eric like i look back and i'm like oh my god what imagine what i could have accomplished but i, I did have fun at the time playing the game it's just that sometimes i look back a little negatively on how much video games wasted time and i think that's why nowadays I don't really play video games as much because every time I start playing, I look back and I'm like, oh, I'm just wasting my time like I did in high school. So I don't know, not to be all negative here, but yeah, those are the, the Diablo Starcraft Warcraft on PC, like dominated my attention in my teens. Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> Diablo obviously is the last one you talked about there. So I'll touch on that one. Like it sounds super cool and it makes me think of like, uh, well, RuneScape would mm -hmm. be a poor man's Diablo yep. 2. And I loved playing that game back in the day. And all that yep. sounds like... I, honestly, I wouldn't say that's wasted time, man. Like, if you had fun playing these games, which I did also. Like, I played so many video games growing up, like, all the time. After school, that's what I would do leading into the Xbox games, especially. Like, go online, play Call of Duty. So, I don't, I don't look at it as, like, oh, I... Maybe there's other stuff I could... Of course, there's other stuff I could have been doing. But as long as you had fun doing it and... Like, it's good entertainment. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Thanks for saying that. That makes me feel a little better. So, yeah, I mean, and if also, like, playing with people, like, even if it's random people you don't even know, like, it's still cool to interact with them online and stuff. Oh, yeah, me and my friends. Like, I, Eric, I, I have this distinctive memory of, like, this is pre-cell phone days. I would play with my next, my neighbor down the street, Eric, and we would have our home phones on speakerphone for, like, four four to six hours beside us just instead of typing to each other it was much easier to just hear mm. each other talk but our parents hated that because hey i'm wasting like 
the bill's getting bigger and nobody can use the phone for six hours if I have it on beside me. Like we've had, we had the speaker phone on for like, we were using it like a walkie talkie. Like it was crazy. So and maybe your not... parents would agree that it was wasted time and money for them. <laughs> I don't think right? it was, but that sounds super oh, fun though, honestly. Yeah. Like, Yeah. And we were so into it, Eric. Like I would call them just to like, because, okay, items in this game, it's this very unforgiving game in the sense that like you have to grind and grind to find the, the valuable items. And when you find one, you feel like a, like a king. And I remember just calling him to let him know I found this super rare item and I was so excited and he was excited. He's like, well, no way, how did you find that? And that's why the game Diablo 2 is so good is they don't just give you stuff for free. You have to put in the hours. And if you get really good at it, people see that and like respect you in the game. They, they can see your items on the screen, like what your character is wearing. So it's almost like a flex. And I, I remember getting, I got super good at the game and people can see your level too. So they, you kind of like, you become a king in the game and then you're like, you feel more important, but then you realize, oh, it's just a fantasy world. And I mean, there's jokes on TV shows about that. And like in yeah. Big Bang Theory, you know, like being good at World of Warcraft or, you know, it's not real life. You got to remember that. And I think I got sucked in and I was like, when I'm playing the game, it's the it's the perfect escapism, right, Eric? I didn't want to do my homework or study for tests. I wanted to play Diablo 2 after school, and that's yeah, what I did. Yeah. <laughs> no rugrats. You got to walk around like the kingpin in the, in the game, yeah. various worlds. I don't know what the names of the worlds or towns are, so I'm not going to make any specific references here. But, uh, yeah, man, just they saw your level, and no one wanted to mess with you. Right. Well done. So now I, for myself also, I'll just jump in there for computer gaming as well. My first experience computer gaming was around the time that I got a Wii actually was me and my friends used to go after school to this spot, which the name's escaping me right now, but it was basically like a PC cafe, a bunch of computers in there. We would just log in, you pay, obviously log in and then play for the amount of hours you paid for. And we would play Call of Duty. It was basically like a LAN party. We all had our own computers and play Call of Duty connected all of our friends together. And then maybe some randos would be in our party. We'd, we'd talk about whether or not we want to ask them to join our group and play together. That was my first introduction to Call of Duty. And there I played Call of Duty 3, which is not one of the better Call of Duty games. But then they got Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, which I mentioned earlier, blew my mind. And that's another prime example of simplicity is key. There are no weak links as far as maps, guns, special um, kill streaks in the game. There are only three, a UAV, airstrike, and a helicopter, whereas as Call of Duty games got bigger, there are so many more options for customizability for guns and for kill streaks. It just got way too much out of control. So Call of Duty 4, I look back at as the best Call of Duty game because it's just perfect in my opinion. And then now, fast forwarding to the Xbox, that was the first game I got. I also bought an NHL game as well. I think NHL 08, because it was in 2009. At that point, the 09 wasn't out. Claude Giroux on the cover, actually. Nice. I remember buying that. So, yeah, and then I got... So, I was pretty good on the computer, but then I had to learn to be good on the Xbox. And now, this might fall under wasted time, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. But I used to play COD 4 all the time after school and then when Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was released in 2010 that's the game I played the most and I actually 
Oh, I had such a blast playing this game. After school, I I would text a few of my friends. We would play together after school for hours, and we would just destroy people. Honestly, it was so much fun. Like being with either I could play alone and just have a great time, but playing with a few people just in our parties with our mics, talking to people, chirping people, just so much fun. Those are some of my good memories of like high school or the early eight years of high school playing those games. COD 4 and Modern Warfare 2, my two favorite Xbox games. And then all the NHL games as well. Zach and I played those a lot. Ton of fun. We actually would do be a GM mode in NHL. So basically you're a GM for an NHL team. You choose the team you want to start off with. And then you play multiple seasons and watch your players and prospects improve over the seasons. And we would actually play... 82 game season and playoffs and then on to the next season and we would go like five to seven sometimes season deep until we wanted to restart with a new franchise so that also allowed us to learn a lot about hockey players and that we'd get insight on upcoming prospects and that's where like I started to hone my knowledge on prospects at the NHL level and stuff so yeah those are the two franchises for sure that I'll highlight for the Xbox 360, but before then, I never had an Xbox or PlayStation. Call it like any shooting game for me, Eric was like our first-person shooter. It was so hard for me to play, and I think I just gave up on those pretty quickly. And I mean, who who likes playing like with friends when you're always getting killed first? And you like, I had a hard time aiming, so I was like prime target for like first death, you know. <laughs> and those NHL games were really good, but every different like every year it got there's it got so detailed and it it was too overwhelming for me like i remember playing nhl 99 on my computer and that was like the i had a blast because it was super simple but like the more those like even now you look at the mlb nba and nhl games there's so much detail into it's very realistic but i don't know if i like that i mean what are your thoughts on that making it like like you said like be a gm like now i bet you there's all stuff with salary and you got to sign players i bet you and oh yeah like you even you had to do that even back in the day when even we played then? as oh, well wow. but now it's there's so much more like there's the arena facilities that you can do upgrades oh. on and like concession stands parking lot f and stuff like it oh, is a bit shit. much and i also find that we would buy not every year actually because we started to notice that with these new installments, the only reason we bought them was for the updated rosters. But the skating mechanisms were vastly different from game to game when they tried to make it more realistic. Sometimes it was de- it was detrimental to the game, the improvements they're trying to make by making the stride more realistic. We liked when Jean-Gabriel Pajot would just rip end-to-end and just move like, like speed walking in the Olympics, just hips going and you're just flying. <laughs> <laughs> so like sometimes these upgrades were not better is the point I'm making here. And mm-hmm. then we'd omit games completely and like skip from NHL 14. Then the next one we'd get would be 17, which is one I definitely want to highlight. NHL 17 with Tarasenko on the cover. Classic game. That's still the one we played, Zach and I, on the PS4. So that was the next console we got. But they're so inconsistent. Like I actually bought some of those games on PS4 and they're just brutal. Like I didn't play them for after a month I bought them. I reverted to the ones, the comfort zone ones, not because I didn't want to get better at the new ones because I hated them. So... So, and that applies to, like, the Call of Duty games as well. Like I said, keep it simple, keep it safe. Gandalf the Grey. 
I think that's why I always go like I'm still playing GameCube and Nintendo games is because it's sim it's simple for me and not too complicated, which people would argue. I'm like, would say, yeah, but Matt, now the graphics are so much better and the detail is the best part because there's so much stuff to do and you're not bored. I see your point, but I just fall back to like what I know and love. And I know there's these there's these amazing games now on like PS5. I think there's PS5 now and mm -hmm. Xbox One open world concept games or like like games like destiny or De Ugh, i can't even remember all of them same but i know there's these like they created a whole universe and people are obsessed with these games playing online and i'm just like no 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 keep that far away from me <laughs> yeah. you know now it's i don't want to fall into like now when i play a video game it, it's not i don't i can't play for hours it has to be like very like one game of mario party 20 turns 30 turns that's all i want to do i don't want to play endlessly and like get caught into a a rabbit hole of being obsessed with video games anymore. I think I'm scared to become obsessed with video games. That's why I've never bought a console in so long. I mean, movies takes away a lot of that time of my video game time. So uh, maybe for the best. I find when I'm watching a movie, I'm learning stuff and getting smarter. And when I'm playing a video game, I don't feel like I'm getting smarter. And that's just, that's my very personal opinion on that. Well, it's a good point, Matt. And <laughs> me, it's kind of the same why, like I'm iffy to get it, get another console. Like Zach had the PS4 when I lived with my parents, but uh, like now I don't have that. I, we have a switch and a GameCube here, which I love. And we haven't even really gotten into the switch on my end anyways, cause I play it often, but no, I don't want to get like a PlayStation five or Xbox one. Cause I'm not even sure I'd love those games either. Those games, they had their time or their place in the past for us, I think. And that's what we cherish, even though like it could be looked at as maybe time that was spent that could have been spent another way. I still think like even you just talking about the times, like calling Eric for hours there and like playing the game, I'm sure in, just in talking about it brought back good memories. So I don't think you can classify it as a waste of time. So last true. time I'm bringing that up, but anyways, that's true. That's it for us. Really. I think we're probably done with them, like buying future consoles, but you never know because Andy and I, like I said, we play the switch a lot. Smash bros. Ultimate. I played fire emblem, three houses, Mario Kart, and we both played Luigi's Mansion 3 on the Switch together. So much fun because we could play, like, there was a Luigi and then a Gooigi, so a Luigi made of goo that ah. we could both alternate who controlled who. And, uh, like, it makes for an interactive gaming experience, like, fault completing the story. That was a tough game as well. The King Boo final boss down to the wire to kill him because there was like a timer that we had to kill him by there. And I think it was like honestly one second on the shot clock. We lost it. So, you know, it's just good times. And um, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, I'll just say on the Switch, falls under that so many options, so many characters and maps, almost too much. But there are a lot of really good characters in there. Like I'm a big Donkey Kong guy right now. Andy goes for Samus, one of my fan faves as well. I'm a big Samus mm. guy. That's my melee yep. go-to. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yo, Samus is unreal. Mm. Getting someone while you're in the air down A, the smash, just send them into the abyss. Like, there are few greater feelings than that, playing Smash yep. anyways there, or melee. Honestly, I think the Switch is great. I'm a big fan yeah. of it. There's a Paper Mario mm. game on there I want to buy down the road there. So. I mean, every time I've played the Switch, it was like, games with people and i loved it so i don't i think now i'm more of a play with other people and i don't think i could play by myself i would get too distracted i'm really like my attention it's hard for me to focus now like when i'm watching a movie it's different but other than that like i'm gonna be 
checking my like I don't want to be checking my phone and wondering like I think every time I play a video game now I'm like wait I could be watching a movie shut down the video game watch a movie because I think uh, movies are so much more enjoyable for me than playing a video game but playing with people is completely different because you get to enjoy it together like who doesn't like like same with a movie it's so much better enjoying it with somebody else agreed but yeah that's pretty much my video game cycle it's Nintendo with the early consoles and then PC gaming all the way which kind of stopped after university so uh, did we get a lot of listener feedback for like their favorites yep I was just gonna get get to that for us so I'll rattle off these listener submissions we did get quite a few so we're gonna go over yeah, them nice. comment if we can but if not just keep it moving and thank you everybody for the submissions so the first one was from the homie Daniel Roloch so his submission was Spider-Man on the PS4 so I've never played this game, but I've actually heard really good things about the Spider-Man game on the PS4. I remember the boys at work were talking about it. Yeah, I saw gameplay footage on on YouTube and it looked amazing. That's all that's all I can say. The next one is from the homie, our cousin Sarah Smith. Hers was you already know Mario Kart 64. Yes. Good times. Great answer. Yep. The next one was from my bro, Zach. His was Fire Emblem. So then I asked him if it was like if he had a game or like a, just the franchise in general. And he specified Radiant Dawn. So the game on Wii, which I think is probably my favorite one as well. Because I played it so many times and so is he. They're a great game. It's actually a really tough game too. So good stuff. Next one is from the homie, Justin Mocktinger. So his were Shell. So NHL, Call of Duty, and Mortal Kombat. You ever played Mortal Kombat? I never played those games. Yeah, at a friend's house. It, I, I, I'm, I struggle a lot with fighting games. Like, I'm not very good at them. Yeah. Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, those are classics. But yeah. I prefer the arcade. If you go to the arcade and use the joystick and the... But yeah, that was more Old fun. Old school, yeah. I like yeah. it. So the next one is from Kilisin Ud. Hers was Call of Duty Black Ops 2, which I also love. That's like one of the better, newer Call of Duty games. So definitely I'll... I'll co-sign that one. The next one is from the homie Zane Merhi. So his were Infamous 2 and Mafia 2. I don't know these games, Matt. Have you heard of them? Or Infamous, I think you're a bad guy and you're like, you can wreck stuff. And it's like open world concept, I think. So I think, I mean, sorry right if I'm wrong. <laughs> Villains. Yeah. All right, I like it. And then the next one is from the homie Kevin Andrews. So his were Red Dead Redemption 2, the Mass Effect series, and the Uncharted mm. series. So I feel like these are all like open world yeah. games, which I've never played. But I remember back in the day, like I was really interested in Uncharted, and but I never got the game because I never had a PS3. I heard nothing but great things about those three games. So good, good choices. So then we got a couple of more detailed answers. So from the homie Basam Issa. So he said that when he was a kid, he had a NES. So his favorite games on there were Blades of Steel, Double Dragon 2, and Super Mario Bros. Then got a PS1. Favorite game was Crash Bandicoot. Do you know this game? I feel like that's a classic like PlayStation 1 game. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've played it like once or twice. Like PlayStation has never played the early PS1 and PS2. Haven't really played that much. Same. So then for more recent gaming, he said Modern Warfare 2, Grand Theft Auto 5, and God of War 4. For well, Call of Duty is definitely one I can speak to. There I already have. Mm-hmm. but uh, And then the last one from the homie Curtis Daigle. 
So him on the SNES was Super Mario World, so Super Nintendo. Mm. Super Mario World, Final Fantasy 3, and A Link to Ooh. the Past. Yes. I never got into the Final Fantasy games, honestly, but those are big. Those are all great answers. I, I my friend had my friend, my neighbor down the road, Eric, had a Super Nintendo and I played a Link to the Past and Street Fighter, Super Mario World, uh, like all these classic games. And A Link to the Past is like a s- extremely famous, like innovative game. Like, so- like I mean, it birthed the Zelda franchise. Like it wasn't the first Zelda game, but it pretty much popularized it and made it what it is today. So then he had, he had the old school Game Boy and was obsessed with Pokemon Red. That's yeah. the the predecessor to my Pokemon Yellow. Then on the PlayStation 1, Final Fantasy 9. Then, Matt, you'll appreciate this, switched over to PC and played StarCraft for years. Yes! I've played a lot of games since then, but I'm pretty sure, pretty confident no game will ever compare to the original StarCraft. Hallelujah. The, The original one is, like, there's a second one now, but the first one is a masterpiece. There's a reason it's still played competitively. It's a perfectly balanced game. Ugh. I'm going to stop. T- I could talk. I could do a whole podcast on Starcraft. So I'm going to like let you read the next. Stuff. So that was actually, that was it for a listener submission. So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody for your submissions. Love it. And Matt, if you can do like a soft top five video games of all time, this is really hard, but if you can like give us like a little top five, what would you say? Not necessarily in order, right. just five games that you'd say were your five favorites. Number five, I got Donkey Kong Country, the first one. I mean, I know that game by heart and I was even playing it like last week. Nice. on the gamecube like i popped i have that thing that you can play the Game Boy games on the gamecube oh nice number four would be and i thought really i i only wanted to pick one mario game but i'm so i'm gonna pick mario 64 actually nice because if i close my eyes i can picture every portrait and every world basically and like i can remember everything about that game so number three is uh the legend of zelda ocarina of time one of the hardest games I've ever played when I was a kid. Like I literally had to go buy the guide to figure out how to defeat the water temple because there's so many like hidden items you have to find and puzzles and stuff. And it was super complicated and took me over a year to beat that game. And the bosses are just legendary. The music Ocarina of time is a very famous game and there's a reason for it. It's just, it's classic. So that's number three. Number two is Diablo two. I've already talked about it. And number one is StarCraft. No questions. Nice. Okay, so great list. I can definitely relate to the Mario 64. It's a classic. Good stuff. So for me, I don't have them in order, honestly. I'm just going to say like what my I think my five favorites are. Super Smash Bros. Melee, no doubt. Fire Emblem, Radiant Dawn. Pokemon Pearl, which we haven't even talked about the Nintendo DS really, but that was a game I had on DS that I played so Uh much. And I actually played this game online. So a little tangent here. Wow. I was on this forum where this is like before you could connect with people on like social media and stuff. Like we would comment on this thread, a time and a, well, not a place, a time and a day where we would play each other online with our six Pokemon go toe to toe and I specifically trained my Pokemon a certain way to get their their best um 
their best attributes or traits out of them to make them stronger when they're at level 100. So that took a lot of time, but that's something that I'm still proud of. And I still have that game and like the amount of Pokemon that I train this way, I have a lot of them. Call of Duty 4 and now for the last one is, I don't know, it's tough. I might have to say NHL 17 just for the amount of time that Zach and I played like all of our various... Uh, franchises uh, be a GM and stuff so I'd put those but there's so many others like Mario Kart Mario Party all the anyways it's tough but I think I got like one of each franchise that I love a lot so good some good diversity in there good top fives all around that's a great list Eric Pokemon Pearl was that what generation was that five so that's generation four four oh yeah that's a, okay that's good oh I regret not keeping on and like going to the next one yeah oh. I love that one man well, I also loved all the other ones, though. Like, the only reason I'm saying I'm putting that one as my favorite is because it's probably the one I played the most, and I have a memory attached to it in that I I trained my Pokemon a certain way, and I played online against people. I never bought a Pokemon game after that on DS or, any, like, the 3DS. I never got that there, but that's my favorite DS game, no doubt. But, like, the Game Boy Advance SP games and uh, Color, like, Yellow, Crystal, and Ruby, I loved all those games, too, so... I mean, that pretty much takes us to where we are today. I mean, we know where both of us are at, where we stand on video games. We want to do some quick random wrecks. I think that's a great idea, yeah. I'll just start off because I alluded to that in the intro about our comedy TV show episode, the last episode we did, which was great. Like, Zach, you were amazing on that show. Okay, so I started watching Community. Oh, okay, nice. That was one of the big, that was one of the shows you guys like really highlighted and like I was too curious and then I talked to my girlfriend and she's a huge fan of that show and she's like she actually's like stop what we're doing we're gonna watch episode one right now and we're almost done season one like I'm at episode 17 I think okay which I was shocked that there's that many episodes in season one but I love community okay I did not I did not know that there's gonna be so many great movie references and obscure stuff that like I was pointing out to my girlfriend and like hey and the Abed was like he's my favorite character. <laughs> like it. he's he's so like it's genius and and I even told her I said the the end credit like little scenes that they do with like Troy usually Troy and Abed th- those scenes are better than some entire sh- shows like they're so smart and funny. I love all the characters in Community actually like I don't know it's completely different from what I had in my mind when you guys were talking about the show and then when I started watching I'm like oh like this is. Like Ken Jong as the te- one of the right. teachers, yeah. the Spanish. Oh my God, losing my mind. Oh, T Gray. Yeah, I didn't know like John Oliver had a small role in right. it, and yeah. a lot of good actors. Basically, like Jack Black was in one episode that I just watched. Classic. I don't know. It's it's a really great show, and I'm kicking myself for not watching it sooner. I, I just watched saw the paintball, the first paintball episode too, which was like I think I, we watched twice. Like I think it's a show. If I rewatch it, I'm gonna like pick up on more that I missed. As a big movie guy, I really appreciate what the show's doing. And I'm just on season one, Eric, so like I can't wait to watch it all. Well, I'm super happy to hear that you, you're you're enjoying it right now, for sure. And it's true. Now, I'm thinking back on the episode. like We didn't really touch on all the movie homages they yeah. do. And probably by design, I, I want to say that we didn't really want to give that away for you and just let you enjoy. Like We really barely talked about Abed. But in, in the early seasons, he's also one of the best characters as well, like with all the obscure references, like I'm sure you saw like the My Dinner with Andre episode. Nah, I think no, so. I don't think so. Okay, anyways. Perhaps. Not, not that that's one of like the best episodes there, but I feel like that's an obscure movie reference. 
that, oh, yeah. um, that's, nobody knows like that movie. Yeah. theme of the episode there. But anyways, so I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying it. I'd also recommend community to anyone who hasn't seen it yet. There's something in there for everybody, especially if you love movies, you'll, uh, you'll pick up on a lot of stuff and I'm sure you got way more stuff than I did when I watched it there and still watch it, but there's a lot of replay value. I've seen it a bunch of times, so good stuff. Keep it going. Let me know what you think as you keep progressing for um i guess for tv shows as well like i'm watching ted lasso season two right now i think is doing a great job on following up on what they laid down in the season finale of season one a lot of laugh out loud moments like hysterical stuff but also a lot of just like relatable human moments between like people dealing with their own problems and um, going through tough situations and stuff like they do a a lot of a good job at including a lot of touching scenes within the humor as well great start to season two i'm loving it and another show that i actually put a poll the other day on um, instagram for a show recommendation either mayor of east town or outer banks and it was actually split down the middle 50 50 between the two so I went Outer Banks I've been hearing more about it recently people are really enjoying season two I'm not sold so far I've only watched the first two episodes I'm finding it's like it's okay right now but I looked on IMDB and it looks like season two's episodes have much better ratings than season one so I'll keep it going have you seen Outer Banks Matt no I was told to watch it by a couple folks at work but no it's I want to watch Community first and Parks and Rec and all the shows we talked about last time yeah, I'd even like bump up a Brooklyn Nine Nine over Parks, but anyways, it's okay. Well, <laughs> no, yeah. that's just my I'll, opinion. I was, I'll cross I made it that bridge when I get there. I'm not a huge yeah, so. Parks guy, but it's all good. And so yeah, Outer Banks, Ted Lasso, definitely recommend Ted Lasso for sure. Like it's worth getting Apple TV Plus just for Ted Lasso, in my opinion. And the Morning oh, Show man. season two is starting in September, so another reason maybe to get Apple TV Plus as well. And I'm almost done Bad Batch there. I'm pumped. For the finale tomorrow or Friday. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Also, what if started today at the time of recording? So, that was fun to watch. I did not know that. Those are the shows. I mean, this is probably the last time I'm going to bring this movie up. It has to be done. Can't believe we've gone this far in the episode without talking about it. I'm going to recommend the movie called The Exchange, which is on Prime Video. I have to ask, Matt, did you watch the movie? I will be watching it. Very, I haven't watched it yet. And you know why? Because I, I don't want to, uh, because I'm going to rent it. I don't want to, uh, I want to watch it all in one sitting, Eric. Okay. So I'm just going to like a lot, pick a day and then watch it that night. I also want to watch it with my mother too. Because okay. I'm like, if I'm going to rent, I might as well, as many people as possible to watch it, right? Uh, I, my mom's interested though, cause she's read the premise and she, she like knows more about the movie than I do. So, yeah. but I mean, just, I, I'm a Justin Hartley fan from this is us. Yeah. So like, he was I have questions for you. Like, did you see any of the big actors on set, Eric? Yeah, or? dude, my scene, I was right next to Justin Hartley. So oh. I was on set for two days. The first day I was the first guy to his right. But unfortunately, yeah. the angle they used, you don't see me in that scene where I'm standing right next to him. You know, it's okay. I didn't expect to make it in that scene. What I was hoping for was the front and center parade action because I was, again, to his left. It was actually a stand-in for the scene. So for the shot that they actually kept in the movie, it's not actually Justin Hartley, but it is his character that I'm next to. So you'll see when you watch And I posted on Instagram. That you, you see me clear as yeah. day. I watched it with awesome. the Sam, actually, and we lost it when we saw me like... 
ran like <laughs> I took a little victory lap around the <laughs> the living room. Like we, we rewinded, watched the game. It was hilarious. It was I was happy. Like I honestly I was playing it off as though I wouldn't have been too upset if I didn't make it in. But you know, of course, deep down I would have been a little sad. Yeah. It's been two years. I've been looking forward to this. I'm I'm glad I made it in the final cut. And also I'm glad that the movie was enjoyable. Like I recommend this movie as a Good. low risk comedy movie. I'm giving it like a six and a half to a seven, a soft seven out of 10. It's, it's a pretty stupid movie. I'm not going to lie, but it has a lot of hilarious moments and I think is consistently funny throughout the first 15 minutes are a little slow. I will say when the exchange student arrives, it picks up like almost immediately when he gets there. So I would definitely recommend it. You can rent it on prime video, five bucks to see the kid. I think it's worth it. And um, yeah, good stuff. So that's my movie recommendation. I haven't watched other movies really since last episode, but the exchange is my recommendation. We'll be talking about the exchange next episode. I'll be, I'll have watched it by then. Maybe the reason I haven't watched it is I've been like, since the theater has been opened up again, I've been like having a field day at the theater, like even as going so far as to watching two movies in the same day. Nice. I'll rattle off everything I've seen at the theater recently, starting with like what I didn't like. I went to see The Green Knight. It's an art movie, art house movie with Dev Patel, and it's a great, great movie if you have insomnia. I mean, like I. <laughs> Maybe I was tired, but Eric, I had like my 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 head kept falling in my hand, and like I was in these comfy chairs, and I was trying not to fall asleep. Very little dialogue. Beautiful movie, but very little dialogue, and I didn't understand half of what was going on. Maybe I need to rewatch it, but I was not a fan. That was my first impression. And then later that night, I went to see the the new M Night Shyamalan movie, Old, mm. where the couples on the beach start aging, like a year every 20 minutes or whatever like it's a supernatural concept that one i enjoyed a lot more it kind of washed the green night taste out of my mouth because it was stupid and easy to follow and had horror elements to it so that was enjoyable i know p some people weren't big fans of the ending but his, his movies all have polarizing endings where you buy it or you don't buy it so that's the green knight and old i also watched fast and furious 9 and i don't want to talk too much about it other than to say i enjoyed fast and furious 9 but I didn't think it elevated its game from like what 7 and 8 did. I think 7 is still the benchmark and 8 and 9 haven't been topping it. I mean, I liked Hobbs and Shaw way more than Fast 9. Okay. They should have just up. Yeah, I don't know. More. I think it should have been more, more like sometimes. over the top. You're right. I think I think Fast 9 should have been more over the top and like a crazy spectacle like Fast 7. Um, the other movie I saw was Jungle Cruise um, with The Rock and uh, Emily Blunt. It was a fun movie. It was like Indiana Jones meets The Mummy. It felt like like the Brendan Fraser mummy. I like that. I don't know. I had a good time. Very like perfect escapism. It's the only nitpick I have is like The Rock kind of like takes. The, I see The Rock uh, Dwayne Johnson as Dwayne Johnson, and like when he's in like uh, in his uniform, like portraying a character, it was hard for me to disconnect that. And I don't know. He he's so larger than life, which is a good thing, but it kind of distracted me in the movie. I don't know. It's like nothing bad's gonna happen to The Rock, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't know. You, you honestly he's... can't differentiate The Rock from yeah. the, the the character he's playing yeah. from The Rock. It's impossible, right? So that like whatever. That's not a negative. It's just it's something I notice. And then the last, uh, what was the last one? This is embarrassing. I, I think like all the movies blend in my head, Eric. Oh, The Suicide Squad. Oh. Which was great, Let's in my go. opinion. It was blood. I don't want to like get into spoilers or the story, but it was violent, funny, 
James Gunn had the perfect like amount of emotional scenes, comedy, action, perfect transitions in between the scenes, not boring, good music. Like it was a James Gunn like seal of approval of like you're going to get like a Guardians of the Galaxy pace type of movie where everything keeps like running along and you're never bored. Is some stuff stupid in the movie? Absolutely. Does it matter? No. You're there to have fun. No, Suicide Squad I highly recommend. That was like, I wanted to save that one for last. So those are like the five theater movies that I saw. That's all I got to say. Jungle Cruise I wasn't going to go see it in theaters. It looks like, like a low risk, fun movie. And it kind of reminds yeah. me of like the new age. Not that it's exactly like this there, but like Pirates of the Caribbean style, like boat yeah. movie. <laughs> Maybe less ups, uh, extreme, but um, no, the Suicide Squad, I've heard good things about. Honestly, like in saying that I liked how the trailers looked, I never laughed once during the trailers. So I'm hoping that maybe they kept some of the funnier stuff for in the movie, but, or maybe, I don't know, I was just not in the mood when I saw the trailer for those jokes there, but we'll see. I'm definitely, I'm going to go see it for sure. I mean, and Margot Robbie, I can't believe I didn't talk about Margot Robbie, kills it as, okay. once again, as Harley Quinn and... I can't say enough good things about Margot Robbie. Cannot. She's worth, yeah, worth watching the movie just for her. Yeah. That goes for most of her movies, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, for movies, that's it. Well, I saw Black Widow, actually, also. I just want to throw oh. that in there. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I, I completely, that it was a while ago for me, but yeah. Okay, what did you think? I thought it was, like, it was solid like, um, for Marvel standards, probably not one of my favorite movies, but I, I still thought it was good. I um, I liked the Yelena character, her sister, I thought, stole the show, honestly. Like, that's maybe my complaint about it, is that it wasn't really the, a Scarlett Johansson showcase movie. At this point, it was really like a passing of the torch to her sister character, which is okay. I mean... Black Widow, like the title might really be for all of the Black Widows out there. They just made the plural, the singular version of it, like Last Jedi, if you will. But I thought that like it was it was a decent movie. I hated the villain. Drakov was just like, yeah. just a poor man's uh, eye in the sky overseeing everything. Like he's the one making all these moves happen in the world. Like I wasn't, I, I just didn't buy it, honestly. Like I feel like the, the last act was okay. Yeah, I pr honestly preferred the dialogue-heavy scenes over the action-heavy scenes, which I think maybe is a testament to where not only I'm at as a viewer of Marvel content, but where the audience in general is at now that with these new series that are more dialogue-heavy, like Loki and WandaVision, which still had their action in them, what captivated us was good story, smart twists, and good dialogue. Like I think that's what we want to see going forward now. Which of course we'll still love action. Like I love the like an end game. You have to look no further than that to see like the Iron Man Cap Thor Thanos fight is all time. Like I still love me some good action, but I'm just saying it doesn't need to be crazy skydiving out of a falling red room in the middle of the sky, dodging mm -hmm. shrapnel and people firing off machine guns at you. I don't know, it was too much. I completely agree, Eric. And you said you said it like this did not have a good story and good twists, which is what you're looking for. Mm. And it had great characters like, I mean, Scarlett Johansson, Rachel Weisz, Florence Pugh, David Harbour as the family. Like they were great. 
and the action was well done but yeah i don't like after after leaving the theater for black widow i was like yeah that was re really fun movie but it's in the middle it's going to be in the average yeah. of all when we look when we rank all the marvel movies eventually it's just going to be in the middle if not at the near the bottom right yeah i would say so honestly yeah you know, above Thor 2 and Iron Man 3. I was just thinking about. Thor 2. It's not worse than Thor 2, but that's no, not saying much. That might be the worst one. I think so, honestly. Yeah. That's an episode, one day we'll, though, for another day. We'll look sure. back in 20 years, and we'll have to rewatch them all, and yeah. maybe it'll age better. I, I, I find Thor, Thor 2 and 3, like Thor Ragnarok, is so much different that any Thor before Ragnarok is just... It's not the same Thor. It's so Shakespeare true. Thor. He's completely yeah. different in Ragnarok. And I think that's yeah. due to maybe Chris Hemsworth familiarity with the character and also Taika Waititi's direction as well and writing, yeah. right? So that's why they, they got him again for the next Thor movie. You cannot oh, go back. Cannot wait for that. Same. Christian Bale oh, as the bad yep. guy. I'm oh. not going to say it, but you know. Anyway, so I don't know. Like, I know you got to run there. Do you have time if I rattle off a quick music recommendation? No, rattle. Yeah, I, got, I have time. Okay. Five, yeah. This, I don't want to give away some 2021 picks I have, but for hints, something you could go back to, which I've been doing lately in the last few weeks, is just heavy. I've talked about these artists a lot on the pod. The Griselda crew. Benny the Butcher, Conway the Machine, and even West Side Gun is growing on me now. Go back and listen to their earlier releases, and I'm going to list a couple of albums. Stabbed and Shot by Benny the Butcher and 38 Spech. Reject 2 by Conway the Machine. Mm. And Fly God by West Side Gun. I'll just say those three to start. I think are in like are unreal albums. And even Everybody is Food 3 by Conway is great. So, like, I'm not a West Side Gun fan at all, but Fly God is an unreal album. And even his Pray for Paris album from last year, which I had never loved, is growing on me as well. So I'll throw that in there too. Pray for Paris by West Side Gun. Crazy to say that, um, but these guys are insane, man. Their catalog is crazy too, so I'm just enjoying going back and listening to their old releases. And I wonder if their future releases will won't be as good as what they had in the past because that's often the case when people start to get more mainstream which is kind of when i discovered them last year they're getting just before they got mainstream now they're like really well known so i hope they can keep it going but at least we'll have those older albums to go back to if they don't release material to the caliber that they did in like 2015 16 18 what have you so i wrote i wrote those all down i listened to reject too yeah because you had already uh told me about it but uh, i can't wait listen to the benny one I'm, that was my favorite i'm still listening oh, okay the benny one i'm still uh every week like listening to the new 2021 albums and that's like really fun like i'm this year i'm gonna be way more prepared than last year and have a extensive research I'm having a hard time narrow them down honestly i keep finding like these albums i'm like yeah this is a lock to be yeah. on there and now it's like a few other albums released i'm like oh my god yeah. this ain't gonna be this and, not gonna be on there or albums that i had earlier in the year are just dropping yeah. out so it's crazy yeah. but it's gonna be fun to rank them we'll have honorable mentions and i mean they're still freaking five months four months four months yeah so well, five, yeah. technically. All of August. Yeah. Anyways. Now I want to just ask you a bunch of questions, but we'll save that for another time on uh, Hip Hop Talk or something. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think we can uh, cap it there. It was a great chat on video games and now a little extra for the 
the recommendations. Yeah, it was fun going back. Like, the memory lane for the, these video games, especially the ones that we played together, they were super fun. I knew Luigi's Mansion was going to pop up, and uh, I'm sure there's others that we forgot, but that's often the case on here. So, right. uh, yeah, Matt, any final notes for the listeners? No, thanks, everybody, for listening. I know we probably missed a lot of stuff, but we could have talked about this for four hours. I mean, video games, there's a million of them, and I know we forgot some, but... Uh, no, just everybody also have a good day right now. I mean, enjoy the heat or not, depending on your stance on it. And uh, have a great day, everybody. Well said. So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. Love you all. And yeah, peace.